Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. John's Junkies, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. And we're doing a science fiction feature. <laughs> science fiction, long awaited, long. Oh, it has not been that long. <laughs> it's been a while. No. Oh my gosh. So dramatic. We are on a cycle here. We cycle through. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean. I mean, it's been a long time since our last episode. Oh, that too. Yeah, ah! like a long. We don't mean to. It, it, we've had a lot. <laughs> It's it's just life. It's just just life. Yeah. But we're here. We're not going anywhere. Sorry it's late, but a bit bit better late than never. Um, It's time to talk about sci-fi. Tonight, we're going to talk about You Sexy Thing by Kat Rambo. But before we do, Scott, do you have anything to share with the class? Um, I don't have a lot to share. I, I suppose we just recently watched uh, Thor Love and Thunder. It was lovely. That was actually pretty fun. I, I liked it a lot. It was lovely. Yeah. Um, um, but I've just been doing a lot of busy. I've been yeah. doing a lot of busy. <laughs> Same though. Um, I saw The Blackening and I really liked that a lot. It's very good. I highly recommend it. Um, we finally watched The Menu. Did we talk about that ever? I don't think we did. On here, watch that. The Righteous Gemstones are back, so we're really happy. That That's a big thing in our lives with the Righteous Gemstones television program. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy I'm for surround. season three of that. Um, all right. Well, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for how long it's been, I mean, there's a reason it's been so long. We haven't, we haven't really gotten a whole lot in there to talk about. Now, don't get it twisted. I am always reading. If I am not True. reading something, then I am dead. <laughs> True. However, um, yeah, it's been a minute, but there's there's lots of good, delicious horror out there. So many good things and some stuff I'm looking forward to. Yeah, we really liked the menu. That was an awesome, awesome horror book, a horror, horror movie. Uh, American yeah. cheese is the best cheese for a grill for a for a cheeseburger because it melts and does not break. There you go. See, if you learn nothing else today. All right. So without further ado, after a very brief roundtable, where you know we are stressed out creatures uh, with a lot of life going on, let's talk about tonight's novel. Tonight's, tonight's stress reliever. Oh, for sure. Always a stress reliever. Always a stress reliever on genre junkies. And that is You Sexy Thing by Cat Rambo. Farscape meets the Great British Bake Off in this fantastic space opera. You sexy thing from former SFWA president Cat Rambo. Just when they thought they were out. Twice Far Station is at the edge of the known universe, and that's just how Nico Larson, former admiral in the Grand Military of the Hive Mind, likes it. Retired and finally free of the continual war of conquest, Nico and the remnants of her former unit are content to spend the rest of their days working at the restaurant they built together the last chance. 
But some wars can't ever be escaped, and unlike the hive mind, some enemies aren't content to let old soldiers go. Nico and her crew are forced onto a sentient ship, convinced that it is being stolen and must survive the machinations of a sadistic pirate king, if they even hope to keep the dream of the last chance alive. When when you when you said Farscape meets the Great British, British Bake Off, is that in the the? Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. That's oh okay. Um, so yeah, Farscape meets the Great British Bake Off. That was what immediately drew me to this book. This was pure and simple a Scott pick. This a was very in, rare in, Scott. And this pick. was a was a blind date as they call yeah. it. So this this came as a recommendation from the Country Bookshelf in Bozeman, Montana. Um, I first of all, if you ever find yourself in Bozeman definitely check it out it was it's a great great bookseller um but yeah i immediately drawn to this book had to had to read it had to bring it to genre junkies and um i'm just gonna go ahead and jump in and talk about my experience score because this book is an absolute banger it's an obsession i love this book it was everything i wanted it to be uh and more um, I really, really enjoyed the characters, and it's it's the kind of sci-fi where I that I like. That's like kind of fantastical sci-fi, but a bunch of people on a ship and being crewmates and really alien ideas. I just I loved this book so much. And when we say blind date, y'all know what that means. It's like where they're wrapped in brown paper and there's like a description on the front. like, And it's like a mystery. It's kind of like a blind box. Mm-hmm. A lot of independent bookstores like to do those. So Scott got a few treasures during that trip. So for me, this this book was definitely a journey. I would say it started out as a good read. Um, it was a good read. And I was like, I'm having a good, solid, um, fun, silly goose time uh, enjoying this book. And then it turned into a massive page turner for me. Mm. And that's how it ended. Um, I have some some quibbles. Okay. <laughs> nothing bad. Nothing bad. I should mention Cat Rambo uses they, them pronouns. So fantastic name as somebody who likes cats and rambos so that's like perfect <laughs> such a good name um so cat is a very very talented uh, accomplished person in, in this world so so here's here's where i am um it's one of those books where you're kind of dropped immediately in mm-hmm. and that can go one of two ways for a reader and for me it went the way of i felt like i was trying like i missed something mm-hmm. like i was trying desperately hard to be like wait who's who's this and what are they and what do they look like <laughs> and what's their job and am i supposed to know this thing about them that i just don't know and um yeah so sometimes i think we've all been in books like that and sometimes it works like super smooth for you yeah. and um sometimes not so much so i actually at one point had to just like put the book down and go onto the internet and be like, who is the people in this book? Um, <laughs> and get it figured out. And I think it was on the publisher's website that it says like, this is who everybody is. Yeah. So, um, Kat is not a super descriptive writer. How I tend to enjoy. I like a little more flourish. I like a little more bells and whistles. Um, I like a little more um, trinkets and twirls. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so amazing. However, however, um, that's just a style and that's just 
me. Um, but I became very, very invested in the people in this book, in the crew, and I really, really fell for them. And I was very concerned about how we were going to get out of this. And there was people's arcs and stuff that I didn't see coming. Mm. So yeah, like it was just a little bit of a, yeah, we can roll with this, but kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say a rocky start, but a little bit of a, this is just going to be a, a good a good read for me. And then it turned into absolute page turner. And I was very, very sad to say goodbye to these characters at the end of the book. Very sad. I know exactly what you mean when you say kind of just picking off and picking up like right in the middle of something and kind of throwing a whole lot at you. Fantasy and sci-fi both can sometimes uh, fall into that. Um, actually more so fantasy in my experience where it's like, wait, and they're what they're they they look like what and they they're they're what kind of creature and they're they they come from what kind of culture and what what city and that yeah. kind of thing. I know exactly what you mean, and I I have to admit my very first reaction to the beginning was actually kind of like that as well. But I felt like I felt like that for me that passed so quickly uh-huh. into okay, I'm in for the ride. Yeah, that it wasn't as jarring as it can sometimes be for me. Mm-hmm. I also think it's really funny when you talk about there not being as much description because in hindsight, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's Cat it, uh, is not a very descriptive author in the way that you like. Um, but for me, I think that 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 restraint from description actually made everything much more visualized in my own mind. Mm-hmm. I can see Every single one of these characters, I know what color hair they have. I know what the ships look like. I because I just bring kind of some of my own stuff to the table to it that it almost allows me to without that extra description. But I didn't even notice that lack of description until you brought it up. Um, I have a question for you. What do you think Nico looks like? Because I have a clear picture of Nico. I have a very clear picture of Nico. Uh, you know, I'm picturing like six foot one, six foot two, um, like really, like really built with kind of like not quite shoulder length, almost like dreads. Uh huh. Um, is kind of how is kind of how I picture her. Mm-hmm. Like just really like there's a okay there's a picture in the D and D book uh-huh. of of I believe it's a fighter. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how I picture. <laughs> that's really funny. That's like so like specific. Um for, to, for those of you who know, you know. So, um my my Nico Larson is quite fetching. So she's tall. She's also tall and like um quite built and broad. Super super dark skin. Mhm beautifully dark skin and then like silvery minty eyes that like they just like she's human but you know like a future human would have these eyes that don't look like anybody else's eyes around today i like that i can see that um for some reason i have decided (laughs) that skidoo wears a giant pink bow on I like well I, I I picture Skidoo as mostly being pink. Oh my god, I picture yellow, blue spots and a big pink bow on her head. <laughs> and I know Skidoo does 
walk on tentacles. Yeah, it's, but I still picture Scooby yeah. as kind of like floating around. <laughs> She she resembles uh, an earth octopus is is what we're told. Yes. Um. Anyway. So yeah. Like. Uh. And of course, one of the beautiful things about these characters, um, much like Becky Chambers, who we've reviewed um, yeah. on the show before, is uh just this beautiful sense of individuality and community and the found family. But like everybody is so different and their own unique, amazing type of person and type of relationships and type of beings and it just makes you feel it makes me feel hopeful it makes me feel like I don't know just the just when you know that there's people out there who are writing these books and people who are reading these books and loving them and you know that we're all just so accepting and so happy of like the diversity mm-hmm. you know it just really like it really just makes my heart just soar and we don't need to go through every character right now but Lucite is a treat Let me- <laughs> <laughs> so okay it's funny i know what character you want to be your favorite character but I know what character is your favorite character, and I think it's Lacite. Uh, I I don't know if I can pick a favorite, but like I mean, if I had to, it would be Lacite. Lacite is a treat. That's all I can tell you. And in the audiobook, uh, the the reader does Lacite so well because he really goes hard on those Making s's, it. and it's so it really well done. The audiobook's very good, good, good for this, by the way. Um, but I think. Yeah. The character who you want to be your favorite character is Geo. Um, yeah, I think Geo and I would be very close in real life. Yeah, I think Geo and I would be really close in in real life. But um, yeah, and there's something fun about this book too. Is there's magic in this book, and it's not really like explained. There just is magic. Yeah, like there just is magic. And um, of course, the name of the book is a reference to the song from the. It's I think it's the seventies. I believe that is the seventies, yeah. And um, like, and they call it like an old Earth, ancient Earth song, yeah. or something. And there's, and there's another reference to it too. Yeah. There, like there, there's, there's lots of little little playful references in this whole book if you if you look for them. One of the descriptions I like for this is is a disco space opera. I, I like really that like that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, for those of you who maybe don't know or knew, we um, we have two non-human children in the John and Junkies household. One is uh, one is a cat who's sitting here right now, who I got a really cute picture of with the book when she stole it from me to use it as a pillow, as she's wont to do with books. And then our other child is a snake. So when there's a snake-like character that does not happen very often, it's I don't know, it just tick- it tickles. It tickles. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like our boy. <laughs> it's like our boy, sweetheart, named for the Kendar Blake character. If you know, you know. Yeah, we could. How could you? How could we adopt a snake and not name it sweetheart? That's right. But anyway, so little fun, little fun inside joke. You now get to be a part of if you didn't know. <laughs> so, who are you recommending this book to? Okay, I really, really want to give this a broad appeal, but. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is well you know what let me defend you do, it. You do what you let me want. defend broad appeal this is a really kind-hearted light-hearted mm-hmm. fun uh 
a Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy style, Farscape style, a uh, space opera story. Right. It's really fun. Uh, it's relatable. It's not hard science fiction where you have to learn the technology. A lot of stuff is hand waved away because it's not important how Q space works. Um, I think it's a really fun, enjoyable book for just about anybody. There's some, you know, stick in the mud people who on- will only read thrillers. And, you know, maybe this isn't the book that's going to, you know, bring them over to science fiction. But I- I'm going to give this a broad appeal because I would recommend this to all but the stodgiest readers. <laughs> um, did you hear that? You're stodgy. You're stodgy. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's hard to say. This could definitely, for me, it's got half, it's got a half a foot, half a tentacle over and broad. Um, I feel more comfortable saying general. I do. I do feel more comfortable saying general. However, I think this is a great book if you're new to science fiction mm-hmm. or if like you're kind of excited by like, you know, you like the Marvel-y science fiction, which I do. That's like, that's hella my wheelhouse, like right there. And, or, you know, you like this kind of, I want it to be fun. I want it to be character driven. You know, I, I think this would be a totally good place for you to start. Um, very, very enjoyable book. And I'm so happy that uh, I came to really love the characters and really, really care about them and have a lot of things surprise me by the end of the book. I'm so happy about that. I would have been totally fine with it being a good read. There's nothing wrong with a good read. Oh, yeah. But I was pleasantly pleasantly surprised by how much these characters just like stole my heart and, and swept it out to space. So I really want to talk more about the characters, particularly because this is such a character-focused book. But some of that character development really comes into spoilers. So I think we're going to have to jump over to the spoiler section. But really, if you haven't read this book, it came out a couple years ago. This is one of our few, you know, late visits. We do some backlist titles. Read this book. It really is outstanding and there is a sequel coming out next month august 29th called devil's gun so you've you've even got you know extra stuff coming i'm very excited for that um so yeah please read it before you get spoiled but um once you've read it come join us in the spoiler section hey bookworm buddy don't forget subscribe rate and review and while you're at it find us on instagram at genre junkies there's some things in this book that are really, really funny, and they're like so funny that you can't even like put into word. Like, okay, just the the concept and the name of the holy hive mind, <laughs> and it's like, and they're freaking awful, and they're not funny. No, but the idea of it is fun. Like, just the name of it. We are the holy hive mind. And the freaking people that are playing some game that like kills tons of other people <laughs> and like you can't know the rules unless you're a part of their like species or whatever. Like it's so funny, but it's also like, Jesus, this is <laughs> horrifying. There's there's touches of Douglas Adams. Yes. In this. Absurd. Absurd. Yes. Exactly. There's absurdism that that is just so delightful that it it doesn't take its own world so seriously. And yet at the same time, everything is still 
very important and well realized. Mm-hmm. It plays a really fun balance. It, it does play a really fun balance. Um, I have to. Can we do a few more character descriptions? I let's, have to. Let's do it now. Yes. Um, so we talked about Nico. Love Nico. Yeah, me too. Love, love, love Nico. Um, and I, I didn't say this before. I love Skidoo. Oh my god! And and it was one of the most interesting creative uh, characters as far as just being different. Uh, Skidoo and, and I would be best friends forever. Oh, for sure, best friends forever. Me and that little squid. And that's actually, you know, that's a two person. You get a twofer. Remember, there's two beings yeah. in there in the Talelans. Um. So then we have Sergeant Dabri Jen. Second in command, the real talent with the with the Okay. So in my mind, it's not unique let's say unique. It's not unique enough that he comes from a four-armed race. I decided he also needed to be bright ass blue, <laughs> like Beast in the animated X-Men TV series. Oh my gosh. It was like he's gotta he's blue. He's bright blue and he's furry. Like he's not beast, but he's kind of beast. Oh, see, I now this might also be be because of um a particular series of star wars games but i had him as being quite short oh and gray okay and and, and furry i did have him furry yeah uh i i love i love him so much uh thorn and talon are kind of cool teen were tigers who they were like kind of made weren't they they were like made with magic like or some, something like they were like cursed or something yeah. with magic you know i have to say at the very beginning, those two characters were the ones that rubbed me the the that he just didn't quite hit me right at first. How dare you? At the, just my, the very beginning. They are my cat friends. I know. I loved them very quickly, but there was a there was a there was a level of it I, I can't even put my finger on it that I went, I don't know, my brain went, Well, this is just a step too far. <laughs> <laughs> Twin wear cats? No. Oh, how uh, I think I think what it was was a little bit of self um embarrassment of, you know, my own I don't want to call it fan fiction, but my own musings of stories in the late 1990s, early 2000s that just kind of like was a little bit too real for me. And I I'm like thinking they're anamorphs, like in the middle morph. Anamorphs slash so in the middle East Wars the, the Transformers yeah. kind yeah. of I it's a little embarrassing to go into too much detail. No, what? You're but- ignorant. You were ignorant when you thought that. <laughs> um and I, you know, brought, I just brought some of my own to it. Uh, right away, though, I fell in love with both of them. And and man, if you're gonna kill a character, are we sure they're that that one's dead? Yeah, I'm not positive because yeah. the pirate king's alive. No, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Um. So then we have Lacite. <laughs> How does the narrator say it in the book? Lacite. Okay. Lacite. So I, mean, I think he pronounces his name Lacit, but everyone calls him Lacit. Yeah. Oh my god, how cute. Uh, so I love this dour strange little man in his hood. He's just like kind of on about the spiral of destiny. He and sounds like, kind of crazed. He's just oh, always yeah. spi- the spiral. I'm Sp- stepping on the spiral. So who else is obsessed with spirals? You. So immediately I'm like, you're a snake person who's obsessed with spirals and you're creepy as fuck. Sit next to me like please sit next to me because i love you um 
so like a lot of the things with Lisit is one of the reasons I am very glad that there is a sequel to this book because I cannot abide. I must know what we're doing here because the book does end with a lot of things unresolved. Oh, yeah. And that's fine because it's, you know, the first one. But I was like, no, 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 no. I've got to know about the spider bears. I've got to know. I've got to know what we're doing. But I think it's really interesting that, like, he has so much magic and, like, you know, being a priest, they're, they're very magical beings. And their magic is usually real and true. But, like, the things he can do and stuff just from, like, being a priest, I don't know. I thought it was so cool because he's so dropped in the middle of all these space people. And, you know, the way it's described so much that people just don't kind of like Lacite, or they don't really like Lacite because they don't like. He's always telling them horrible things are going to happen. Yeah. That's why I like it. People him. just feel uncomfortable around them. But, you know, he has still found a place there. And his, his, um, pathological honesty is really refreshing. <laughs> you know, like there's a point when he even says, like, you know, I will betray them one day, but today, you know, but not now. There's like, there's like, but a, he can't lie. He can't lie. It's a he's path. He's a he's pathologically truthful, and it's it's endearing and fascinating. Yeah, but you can't just go around telling people like you know everyone's gonna die right now. Doesn't go over well. Um. So Atlanta, uh, I really liked that character too. I was really happy that her big reveal is, uh, you're just a clone. Yeah. I really liked that a lot. That plot twist made me really happy. You were actually part of somebody else's destiny. Um, you know, you're, you were like a tertiary character. Yeah. In somebody else's book is your whole creation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's cold-blooded. Yeah, that's cold-blooded. So now she's going to be like, cool, so like I'm a clone, but I'm also like my own person? And you know, sometimes in books like this, we see the clone kind of then be like, so I can like do whatever? And I want her to have freedom and happiness. Because yeah. she still has, you know, a lot of the memories of trainings. And she has that, like, she has the VR space in her head and the the trainers and stuff. Like, she has some of the benefits of having been, quote unquote, trained as an heir. Yeah. Without the hangups of having to be an heir. Although, that was also a great little reveal that, that the Empress... Yeah. Is actually like a badass yeah. and knows Nico because mm-hmm. she she's on the battlefield all the time in disguise. I thought that was really cool. Who doesn't know Nico though? I know. Nico clearly is very popular. I really liked Millie till I didn't. Yeah. You you betrayer ostrich you. I believe she is mostly looks like an ostrich and that she does a killing ballet. So then I'm totally like Fantasia ostrich. You pictured her as an ostrich. That's interesting. I pictured her as a blue swan. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um obviously she's got to go on a redemption arc tour here cuz you can't just be like let's leave them. <laughs> Well, she hasn't she, because she hasn't been connected as part of the hive mind. She does, and she is newer to it. She has a little bit of looking out for herself. Dude, I'm not gonna leave anybody behind with that fucking sadist psychopath. Yeah. Um, quartermaster and, and sous chef Geo, an augmented chimpanzee. 
um, ventured off of Earth in search of adventure. How could you not want him to be your favorite? I, I love him. I, I have to say, he doesn't have a lot to do. I wanted more. I wanted more. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a point when I was there there was a point in this book when I was thinking, wait a minute, was Gia one of the ones who died on the station? Oh. Because I, I because I literally could not think of anything that he did after the, he left the, they left the station. And then he he, you know, showed up again. I'm like, okay, no, no, no. And then I kind of remembered some of the other stuff and his signing and stuff. But yeah. but like he does he is the one character on that crew that i feel like just does not have quite enough to do yet yet i'm hoping that changes because Um, it's a great concept love the concept great concept for a character um yeah and then we we touched on skidoo who i love i feel like we are very much cut from the same cloth skidoo and i um and then you know but then it's like it's so hard because i want geo to be my friend (laughs) <laughs> I need Lacite in my life or I can't function. Like, what's the point of living without Lacite? I don't know. Um, I feel like your favorite character, can I guess? You can guess. I think you'll be wrong. So I'm inclined to say Skidoo because she's an octopus. Okay. However, you often like the Dabry type characters. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and I think that you appreciate his passion for eggplant. I'm going to say that you're right on all counts. Yeah. Um, I love Skidoo so much. Um, it, beautiful character. I, I've all, I always like that kind of like kind of more alien and a little bit more like like, you know, with less hold up with less like like holdups when it comes to like sensuality and pleasure and stuff like that. Absolutely. One of my favorite characters in Farscape mm-hmm. is kind of a mixture between Lacite and Skidoo. Okay, what character is that? Zon. She's a she's a a, a, a bipedal plant <gasps> who is a priestess. We gotta talk about the plant in this book. Oh yeah. Um yeah we have we, we do have to talk about Patalia. I love Patalia. I want to look upon Patalia pet. I want to touch Patalia. <laughs> um very, very interesting character. And of course, I'm not gonna let the ship sink. The ship that is Nico and Pet. I'm shipping it hard and I want it to happen. You know, I I like Pet and I like where the story went with Pet. If there was one complaint that I had is that I the relationship and 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 really the purpose that Nico has in in rescuing Pet came a little bit too late in the book for me to really grab onto it as much as I wanted to. You know, when we were introduced to Nico, Nico, you know, kind of recalls back to a couple of other relationships that she's had. And so I kind of pictured her as having a couple of like, you know, tragic fleeting relationships here and there. I wasn't expecting there to be this one true love. And so I didn't really fall in love with Pet as much as I would have liked to. To feel the stakes that Nico did. That said, by the end, I really like the choices that were made with Nico and Pet. This, this, you know, there is not a redemption to this. It's like, you know, they're not wrong. Pet's not wrong about Nico, uh, but they're not right either. Well, they've been brainwashed. Well, yeah. And so that's going to take a little time to deprogram to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so that's understandable. And it's completely understandable why Nico couldn't be there. But it's also like when you have to live with the horrible, sadistic bad guy, like you're gonna have some hangups. And you're the last of your species. That's a really big deal. Yeah. And you feel responsible for it too. So it's like it's it's a lot to carry. And I think that's a very interesting, you know, just all these things make for a very interesting character. And I love just like, you know, just like a plant person. I just love it's like Groot. You know how much I love Groot. Um, and then of course we can't forget about Thing. Thing the the secret greatest character. Bless Thing's heart. Um Thing is probably low key my favorite character because I love the way I love the way that Thing is exploring these emotions and and is driven by learning how to feel different emotions. I love that idea and um, find you know where she kind of finds her her um independence in a way uh, agency. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's 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 really it's it's great. It kind of happens on accident almost, but then it's like okay, cool. We're we're gonna roll with this. Um, and many many times we've said over the years on Shauna Junkies, Scott and I, we love the question of what it is to be human and having empathy for non-human human characters and what it means to be a, a being and what it means to be sentient and alive. Um, it's one of the most wonderful things to explore in art. And I can't wait to see what Thing does with it. And it was cool, like learning like how <laughs> like there's a dead body, Thing absorbs that. <laughs> Just like the way Thing functions, I think we got a nice peek behind the curtain. Yeah, and, and and the way that she's able to create, um, I want that luggage set. <laughs> oh my God, I want all the gifts. And I, I mean this as a compliment. I was not expecting this book to get as dark as it did. Kind of, oh, so I mean, really dark. Uh, last, the, you know, the big bad of the series, I guess. Um, he is deranged, but like so deliberate plays the long game better than just about any evil character you know what needs to get over this grudge thing i (laughs) gives him life this is how this is how he lives though it's all because he's done it all he's seen it all this is like all that's left for for last and you know i love a good villain i live for the villain but sometimes you get villains like this where it's like i just don't like you you make me feel gross and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and you are truly a bad person you are not the hero of your own story you are just gross i mean it is really uh (laughs) problematic (laughs) that he you know because he wants he wants his possessions to be unique. I mean, killing off pets' entire species so that they are unique and only his is like... Get over yourself, bro. Wow. Get over yourself. I don't like him. Nope. <laughs> and it's also, but I will say another interesting idea that's been explored in other, well, uh, of this... Oh, your memories awakening in another clone, this kind of level of mm-hmm. immortality is a really terrifying and interesting thought. Oh, yeah. Like how our, our guy, Tech Graven. Yeah. Or what's his name? <laughs> Tech 
Craven. To Craven? No, his Arpat. Oh, Arpat Tech Raven. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's his whole name. Yeah. Yeah, f- fuck that guy. <laughs> See, actually, he turned out to be kind of cool. Oh, no, he did turn out to be I, cool. I was so mad at him for setting them up. I was like, oh, you suck. See, Arpat Tech Raven is Ford Prefect. What's that Ford. Pre- that sounds like a type of car. Ford Prefect. Well, okay. I drive a Ford Prefect. It is a type of car, and that's where he got his name from. No, Ford Prefect is from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He is. He is from Beetlejuice. He is the other main character. Um, Arthur Dent and Ford Prefect. They're friends, and Ford Prefect gets Arthur Dent off Earth as it's I don't being think destroyed. I know that person. Really? Oh my gosh, uh, he's he, he's great. Yeah, he's. Uh, and he's kind of loony, and he's not quite as zany as Zaphod Beeblebrox, <laughs> but he has that kind of same like like rich person view on life, you know, like like just doesn't kind of care about what's happening. Oh uh, yeah. Um, like I, I got kind of those feelings there that that you know, kind of a combination of those two characters. I so I I really liked him. Good. I'm glad he was familiar to you. Although because of the because of the name, because of the name alone, I I pictured him as Robert Patterson. Cat Rambo, you named the character Arpats, which I mean, everybody knows Arpats is Arpats. Everybody knows I that think cat. Deli- I think that was on purpose. It's not on purpose. I feel like it had to be on purpose. I feel like it had to be. So I kind of said, you know, some things that I hope happen in the second book. Where where do you kind of hope the second book takes us? Well, I'm worried about the second book because the second book is usually where things really go into, you know, the dumps and, and you know, characters go through true. horrible things and Oh yeah. You know, the Empire Strikes Back sort of sorta sort of thing. Sure. So I'm very worried about all the characters. Um I really want to find out what it is that is going to change this. What mm-hmm. what this spiral is. And like, yeah, let's see may betray them but is that but then is it gonna also like save them maybe the spiral doesn't want you to know everything right yeah so so my theory is that Arpats is trying to keep them off of the spiral which is why he wants them to avoid the aliens who are playing the game and i think the spiral is the end game of that game oh that's what i think i think that game has i think that that game has something to do with it. You think we're going to see more from the Holy Hive Mind? I do. I do. No, I think I think the Holy Hive Mind going to try to pull him back in. Oh yeah, for sure. Um but you know there's also the talk of, you know, they're probably going to take on a few more rebels. You know, there's going to kind of be a rebellion from the Hive Mind. But I don't I think the Hive Mind is set up right now to be the big bad and I don't think it is the big bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Darth Vader to Emperor Palpatine, yeah. I like it. Good reference. Good reference. All right. Um, <laughs> well, I guess we should score this book. All right. Um, all right. We're going to score this out of eggplants. I, for me, am going to give this solid four and a half eggplants out of five. Mm-hmm. Solid four and a half eggplants. That doesn't really work, but I'm giving it four and a half eggplants out of five. Um, I think it is just so much fun and heartfelt in a in a unique way. Um, that description of Farscape meets the Great British British Bake Off is actually really appropriate, and it kind of it nails it right. Um, I talked about some of the little things that I I 
would have liked a little bit of adjustments to it, but that's my own personal preference. So four and a half out of five for sure. That's a lot of eggplant. I think that's wonderful. You could make a lot of eggplant parm (laughs) in addition to that other thing. that he was making um i'm gonna give this uh three and a half eggplants out of five eggplants (laughs) (laughs) um but that's really more just because of some of my own you know things and and personal tastes as well but i think this book is wonderful and i can't wait to read the second one ah hell just throw another eggplant on there let's just have an eggplant four eggplants 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 all around um cat rambo don't you let us down don't you do our babies dirty we have gotten attached to these damn people uh but thank you for birthing them forth into the world because um they are absolutely wonderful, wonderful actualized characters. So, well, there you have it, you sexy thing. <laughs> I said I believe like a, in miracles. I said it like a question mark at the end. Thing? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it makes me happy whenever they say things. It makes me think of the Adams Family. Thing. Yeah. And the thing from... It's one of my favorite movies, John Carpenter. Oh, yes. All right, everybody. I've been Sandra. I have been Scott. Please keep reading past your bedtime. <laughs>